Oh, ladies and gentlemen, what welcome the to... fuck is that? That is the Jesus new... Christ. That is the new Soprano opera opening to the best podcast in the world, the Arsenal Cannon podcast extravaganza. Ladies and gentlemen, Alfie, whatever you identify as here in this lovely year of 2019... How are you all doing today? And the only one I'm really asking, actually, is Alfie, the lovely London local lad. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing better than I was yesterday. Not going to lie. I've had a bit of reflection from that uh, shit show. Yeah. And uh, I've written a piece on it. Just a little plug right at the start instead of, you know, the typical traditional marketing opportunity uh, yeah. of a lifetime later on. Yeah, I've written a little piece on it. So if you want to read that. Go to weloveyouarsenal.co.uk and it's the first article that yeah, will come man. up. We've got some got some extraordinary so, yeah. articles on there. Our writing staff has been doing absolutely fantastic since we started the website. So yeah, shout out, shout out, Jack, Max, Rob, Liam, Vinay, Andrew, Kane. Who else? Yeah, Liam Other Liam, too. who hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, somewhere else. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I don't know. <laughs> oh, fuck him. This, Sorry, this is guys. really bad. <laughs> I'm checking the list now. You're the one that started <laughs> reading them off. I just... Come on, man. Charlie! Charlie! My guy. <laughs> Charlie bit me. There you go. Remember that? Charlie bit my finger. What? Oh, wow. No. It's like one of the most viewed YouTube videos of all times. A little baby named that. Charlie biting his big brother's finger. Quite, quite funny, quite cute. Um, I don't know where, where I'm really going with this. I don't think there's... I was going to try to come up with a nice transition into Arsenal from that. Okay, here we go. But you, you really you can't, know what? can you? Are you going to attempt I'm it? Fucking, I guess I'll have a go. It'll probably be like an El Nani shot, though. I'll just Good blast luck. it over. Um, <laughs> you know what else hurts like getting bitten on the finger? Watching Arsenal. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and what really hurts is watching That's Arsenal funny. lose. Not lose. Well, it felt like a fucking loss. Watching Arsenal draw at home <laughs> to what was then 19th place Southampton. Are they still at 19th place? I'm such a horrible host. I don't even. Are they, are they yep. still there? Okay, so they yeah. haven't even moved. Yeah, because uh, cause Norwich won. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They won. They won against. Who was it you said? What? Not- yeah. Away. Decent result out of nowhere, to be yeah. fair. That's man like Campwell. Yeah, they needed to fucking come back, man. They've been in shocking form as of recently. And that's that's who we've got next. So Oh yeah. yeah, so there we go. At least we're playing against a rejuvenated squad. I mean, not like it would really matter because honestly at this point I think we could play a Sunday league side and we would probably find a way to we probably wouldn't lose the game. <laughs> we would draw it again because that seems to be what we do. Exactly. Um, we we just draw games, man. And I mean, without further ado, I guess we should we should just get right into the to the Southampton game. Um, yeah. Let's let's start off with with that lineup, Alfie. Um, mm. A controversial back three. Obviously, Leno was in goal. No, no fucking um, surprises there. Good mm. decision, obviously. Um, I think it was the system rather than the personnel that was probably the most surprising thing. Yeah, I agree team. with you. And and just uh, to refresh your memory, if you're listening to this, not like you would need it refreshing, because I'm sure as soon as you saw this, you just started 
freaking out and having an aneurysm <laughs> and just because I'm sure that's what all of us did. Um, back three of Callum Chambers, David Luiz, and Socrates. Oh man, that is promising. Um, <laughs> wing backs Hector Bellerin and Kieran Tierney. What did you? I, I just I'm gonna go through every sector basically of this lineup. I'm gonna ignore mm. Leno. Sorry, Leno, but um, <laughs> everybody expects him to be there. What'd you make of the back three? What, were you surprised I mean, to see that? Uh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I. It does seem like in the last few weeks, I said this in the last podcast. He just sort of um, desperately trying to find a system that is that you know improves us, and it hasn't worked. And the fact that he played this back three in our previous two games, and we only managed two shots on target in both of those games combined. You know, if you remember Vittorio away, we had one shot on target. Um, the goal, in fact. Um, Leicester, we had one shot on target. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't serve to, to that doesn't demonstrate a team playing very well in that system. So I was sort of surprised he stuck with it. Having said that, when I looked at things and I looked at the personnel available, you know, with holding out and Saka out and, you know, Pepe having been at inter, on international duty, I, I wasn't that surprised. Um, I know you're going to go through personnel. Personally, I think it was that system rather than the personnel. As I said, no shot, two shots on target in two games with it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. But also, I think there's, I, I, I saw James. I think he put a tweet out about this. Um, there does always seem to be a very negative reaction when this formation is used, and it does seem to be that the fans see it as an inherently defensive system. If you get what I'm saying, definitely. I don't think it is necessarily, and I wrote this in my piece. It allows the fullbacks more offensive freedom, or the wingbacks, sorry. Uh, it allows the central midfielders a bit more, you know, a bit of liberty, a bit more freedom to get forward. It allows you to play a number 10 and a front two. So if used correctly, it can be an exciting attacking formation to be used. I just don't think it was used very well at all. Um basically like every system he's tried to use. So, yeah, I don't think it is necessarily inherently defensive formation. I think people just see, you know, three at the back. It means there's an extra centre-back rather than maybe a winger. So they think, oh, that means it's automatically a defensive formation. I don't think it necessarily was. Um, But having said that, he changed the system twice in the game. I think our best spell in the game came when we did play with a 4-2-3-1 right at the start of the second half. And then also... I mean, I don't know what happened at the end, but it seemed like we were playing without a right back when he took Bellerin off. Um, and that was a bit manic. So, yeah. <laughs> all all over favorite... the place. Oh, yeah. Completely all over the place. And one of my favorite stages of the match, but just before we get into the, to the, to the wing backs, which I think are definitely both worth mentioning, um, mm. their performances. Probably one of my favorite screen caps that I'm sure um, one of our billion listeners can, can find on, <laughs> online in some way was Mesut Ozil practically in his own defensive box with basically every other player bombing forward, and then he passes it back to Bern Leno. Absolutely <laughs> love to see it. That is Unai Emery's tenure to an absolute T. But just moving on to, to the wingbacks, um, I don't know how you felt about um, some of their performances, and we're going to get into some – we're going to get into player ratings later. Um, mm. 
But I thought both of them, to be honest, had particularly poor games. I don't know if, I, if you saw it the same way. I massively disagree. Well, I, I agree with one, but I massively disagree with the other. But we'll get into that with player ranks, okay. I guess. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's going to yeah, make for just... interesting. Interesting. Good, no, it's, it's, good, it's good to have disagreements. Um, I just, mm. I don't know. Um, for me, Bellerin just looked a bit rusty. And then um, mm. Tierney, I don't know. I, obviously, he had some really good moments where he was finding good crosses into boxes. Into, into boxes into the box and we'll get into that um in more depth when we get into the player ratings but i just thought certain at certain times especially he was really getting um kind of caught out in and defensive positions but i guess you could argue that that maybe wasn't his first job considering he was deployed in that wing back position so i guess i could yeah although pres- second off he was in that conventional left back role yeah so i don't i don't know we'll get into that more depth um in the second half but i personally just thought that they both didn't have great games, so I thought that that did kind of hinder some of our um, attacking ability in, in the first half, especially. Obviously, like you said, the system did completely change in the second mm. half. Um, I thought, to be honest with you, on that on that substitution, I think he took off the wrong center back. Like, if, if yeah. I'm being completely honest with you, I think that Chambers was probably the one that should have stayed on. I would have been far more happy to see either one of really Socrates or David Louise come off. I don't know how you, how you feel about that. Oh yeah, I would agree. And again, I'll probably say that in the player ranks that I did in my piece, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good day to say, I mean, that's an understatement to say it wasn't a good day for the two set, the two others, you know, the clowns and Socrates and Louise, they were shocking. I thought very bad. Completely agree with you. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think you could dig either one of them out um, without mm. digging out the other one because I think they were both atrocious, absolutely mm. atrocious. And we'll get into more depth with that. Um, what'd you make of that midfield? It was kind of like a Torreira, Guendouzi pivot with Mezzadozo at the number ten. I'll, I'll be honest, with I you, mean, I kind of liked it. I mean, I think that's pretty much. She was left with no options. Sure, yeah. If you get what I'm saying. I mean, definitely. Sabias was out. Uh, Willock, I guess you could have made a case for him to play, but you know. On paper, that's he's he's not in your strongest three there, and yeah, that was that's about it really. I think he wasn't really left, and I think we'll probably I'll probably get into this in the player ranks personally. I've got a few things to say about a Torreira Guendouzi partnership, but I'll get into that later. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and then the front two obviously was was Lacazette and Aubameyang. Lacazette mm. um, netting two goals in that in that game, and I Pepe I left get- out again. Pepe left out of the squad once again. Foolish, the, if you ask the, me. The 11. Yeah. Foolish. Yeah. And, and I think when he came on, you know, there was that one instance when he was one-on-one with the keeper. And then obviously Oza was in that position where, you know, I mean, mm. to be honest with you, if, if it was a Lacazette or Aubameyang where Ozil was, I, I probably wouldn't have too much of an issue with Pepe just trying to square it off to him. But with that being said. Lack of confidence. Complete lack of confidence doing that, you know. I mean, he's on his favored left foot, just smash it into the into the far post. You mm. know, it's not that it's not that difficult. That's supposedly well, not supposedly. I know it's true. I know he's a great goal scorer, but we brought him in because we needed another outlet. We needed another player to score goals along with the likes of of Lacazette and Aubameyang. So that showed a complete lack of confidence. And obviously, he had that really um really unlucky smacking off the crossbar attempt was it who was it that crossed it in forgive me i don't remember it was the guy you're criticizing kieran tierney tierney oh, man I'm, I'm starting to <laughs> kind of 
shit, dog. He did have some decent crosses into the box, but I'll, I'll get into my um, I'll I'll yeah. stick behind my opinion. I, I, yeah. I'm willing. I'm willing to to fight. I'm willing to fight. But um, yeah. And but with that being said, I know I know we kind of screwed up on some occasions, but it did make us look a lot more lively when he was introduced. So that pretty much indicates mm. to me that the lineup from the get go was kind of the incorrect one because. I mean, wouldn't you say that you would probably want to play your 72 million pound attacker? Um, yeah, I in... mean, what is that? Three games in a row? He hasn't started in the league. I think maybe if there's a confidence problem or he's not settling into the country and into the, into the team, into the city, or whether Emery just doesn't really rate him. Because it, it was just sort of when he was starting to, you know, pick up a bit, you know, the Victoria game, Sheffield United away. He's all of a sudden dropped by Emery. Yeah, it's confusing, to say the least. I th- I think, and for some reason, I just think Emery really likes to do that with big players. For some reason, it's almost like the expectations he has, um, in regards to 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 big players, are astronomical mm. and almost impossible for the top class players to reach. But then the you know expect expectations that he has for people like David Luiz and Socrates who are essentially both in the starting lineup week in, week out are like underground basically, Mm. you know, I mean, it's just, I I, I I think maybe, maybe it's his pragmatic side again in the fact that Pepe uh, has not been included in recent weeks. You know, if you look at it, it it sort of Pepe's dropping coincides with uh, Meza Ozil's return to the squad. And it does feel like he just, it's completely stubborn. And, you know, it's his pragmatic principles, which are saying he can't play Ozil, Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe in the same team, which on paper is a mouthwatering front four. He eventually uh, went with it, made us a bit better for the first 15 minutes of the second half. But other than that, it, you know, it wasn't great. And uh, I mean, I'll get onto this probably later, but it feels like whatever Emery tries at the moment, it's not going to work. Like he could play the best team the team we all want to see on paper, it doesn't feel like it's going to work at the moment, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, man. And I just, I think that there was one scenario in particular. um, If you might know what I'm talking about, don't, don't say it because I want to dramatically Mm. get into it later on in the show. (laughs) Um, There was one particular instance in the, in the game that I'm sure other people noticed because I noticed it. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later. I'm not um, sure I do, but maybe. Okay, yeah, well, I'll keep you on the edge of your seat. How about that? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm excited. We get, <laughs> yeah, be excited. Um, before we get into that, and I just I want to read you some of these damning stats, and mm. you gave me some of them, so you know already what I'm going to say. But just to so the people listening, mm. um, expected goals. If you've heard of that stat, um, Alfie, you gave me that um, first half. We were expected yeah. 0.37 goals. Um, yeah. Southampton were expected 0.73. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think the more damning one is probably... I mean, that just shows in the first half how lackluster we were. We couldn't control possession at all. And, you know, yeah, that has been a problem this season, creating chances. We're not very fluid, we're not coherent going forward and that was evident even in, at the end of the game. I th- we were a lot better in the second half in terms of creating chances, but yeah, you got those stats as well. 
Yeah, and and then the full-time, the, yeah. the full-time whistle. Um, it was um, one point nine one expected goals to us. Um, we mm. scored two. We exceeded so we our expected goals. Did a yeah. bit better than they. Yeah, there we go. I mean, there we go. And that has um, been a common theme then in Emery's was... tenure: massively exceeding our expected goals. Pretty, well, basically down to the and that the is exactly what's going to Lacazette and Aubameyang. I'm mm. just going to say that. Yep, that's basically just his world-class strikers mm. bailing him out of jail. Um, and then it was 2.67 to the Saints. So there was three expected from them. I just want to say, too, before I get into to the other stat I had, the other two stats I had, um, Southampton are <laughs> terrible at finishing. Oh, my God. I mean, you, the, I guess the one benefit is if, you know, none of – if, like, you know, it's modern times. Not everyone wants to have kids. If they don't want to have kids, they're never going to have to worry about it. They can't finish. So that's, I guess, a good thing for them. Um, <laughs> but absolutely shocking, mm. Alfie. I mean, realistically, Southampton could have won this game 5-1. I mean, 5-1. I think it was realistically who came off the bench and missed two or three guilt-edged opportunities in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Terrible. Ter- and then the the yeah Buffal as well, Sofian Buffal. He came on completely scuffing his like on a c- perpetual basis. It's like, mm. dude, come on now, because at that at that point it was kind of like they had the nail ready and then the hammer ready to nail it into mm. Unai Emery's coffin, and that would and be they just failed to. his kind of swan song would be goodbye. And they just mm. dropped the fucking hammer. Exactly. It's like what the hell, man? No, I not. I never, I will never, I never want Arsenal to lose. I'm not that kind of supporter, mm. to be honest with you. And if you are fair, whatever. I feel like we'll but, um, sort of get into the other stats I have a few theories over sort of towards what you were saying just there. We'll get into okay, that. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm Should looking we go through goals individually? Yes, I was actually just oh, going to get Same into wavelength. That. Um, unlike Meza Ozil and some players yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Genius, absolutely brilliant there, Alfie. Um, so yeah, the game basically ended with us only having 12 shots, Southampton with mm. 21. Damning, they had our shots yeah. backwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we got six yellow cards in the match, two yellow cards for referee. Um, point, point I just want referee, referee was fucking didn't shit. want the game to flow. He was calling shit. literally everything, and he was so trigger happy to give us yellows left, right, center. It was almost like a I don't know if you watch a, a lot of not La Liga. Really. It was like I was watching they a La give... Liga game. Yeah, it's not very That's physical. Exactly so that oh whenever God. someone puts in a crunching tackle, it's like straight red. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck was that? Uh, no, get out. You're deported. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was pretty much what it was like. It was annoying. And yeah, six yellow cards to Arsenal. But just getting into the goals, um, mm. Danny Ings, Brexit Football FC. That's a bit once harsh. Again, gets a better That's of a Arsenal. bit harsh. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Is actually but this is not burn. He has six goals this, this season, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, I, I, maybe you misunderstood what I was trying to say. We concede goals to Brexit-esque oh, players. Fair My play. bad. Fair play. Southampton. Southampton's a quality mm. club. I will be honest. Southampton's a quality Koeman. club. They're, I rate the fuck yeah. out of their manager. Pochettino. And, Hassan yeah, they've had all... outstanding mm. players out over the years, too. So... Um, but Danny Ings opening the scoring off the eighth minute, um, quick from a free kick. Yeah. yeah. What are um, your thoughts on that? Firstly, Terrible. a bit Atrocious. sloppy from Chambers to give that away. The But the main problems I have with that is how can you, you know, it's eight minutes in. How can you be that sloppy and that like lethargic 
If you, have you watched it back? And do you, you if you look at David Louise oh, yeah. in particular, completely switches off, and he's sort of walking back to his goal as the free kick's taken, not even looking at play. And then when he sees Ings through and goal, he sort of slowly jogs back instead of sprinting to try and get back. Fucking pathetic. Yeah, shit. Uh, unbelievably pathetic. And and that for me, I mean, we're gonna get into this later when we get mm. into the player ratings, but why like if I'm a manager, surely, you know, Emery sees the highlights because he wants to nitpick at the goals, considering, you know, he's such he's so <laughs> meticulous, apparently. Um but um, surely he would look at something like that and be like, wow, that was mm. fucking terrible. Maybe I should take off David Luiz for Pepe, not Callum Chambers. But yeah, man, that was unbelievable. It wasn't just Luiz either. I mean, he and Chambers. Yeah, really he was bad. the worst in terms of reacting. <laughs> and a shout out to Out of Context, yeah. one of the best pages on any social media platform. Um, he posted the picture I saw of David Luiz just completely fucking off in La La Land looking the complete opposite direction. Shout out to our most experienced <laughs> defender. Um, so, yeah, Ings opened the scoring. By the way, shout out to Ings. Sixth goal of the season. Absolutely fantastic mm. finish. Pulling it to the near post, just smacking it in and off there. That was a nice finish, to be fair, but he never should have had that much time and space and that kind of opportunity exactly. to score that goal. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all that needs to be mm. said about that. Uh, shocking. Shocking, yeah. shocking, shocking. Got the goal back? Um. Yep, and then uh, pulled one back. Alexandre mm. Lacazette, 18th minute. It was his third goal of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, third goal yeah. of the season that one was. Um, 18th minute. Fell to him after a um, a rogue shot kind of from Aubameyang. Mm. Took a deflection, and Lacazette just did well to kind of Smart pick finish. up the garbage. Um, what you yeah, make I of think that it's, yeah, it's worth pointing out. That was probably one of our only bits of nice football in the day. You know, it was... A bit of a nice interplay from, I think, Ozil found its way to Aubameyang. Nice flick into Ozil. Ozil lays it out to Tierney. Nice ball in. And, yeah, that was a bit of nice football. Something, it's a bit of a rarity under Unai Emery. And that was sort of, that sort of encouraged me because that was pretty much our first attack and pretty much one of our only attacks in that half. I was thinking, if we can get it in towards Ozil, he can, you know, play these one-twos, play these little link passes. It was very nice from Aubameyang as well. And maybe there's a bit of encouragement there. We didn't really take advantage of it until the only decent part of the game, um, which I think is worth, to, you know, we had the few chances, Aubameyang's shot, uh, which was well saved from McCarthy, you know, that guided shot. Pepe, you know, he, he went through and goal, as you said earlier, tried to square it and then obviously he hit the bar just minutes later. I think the second half, I think the system change, it brought on that extra attacking player and it did see us become a bit more fluid going forward. Um, Meza Ozil was providing that link. And yeah, that was a good, as you were saying, the substitution though, I think he was probably the wrong player to bring off. Um, and that was shown with the awful second half Socrates and Louise had. But uh, yeah, that was a good goal. Nice bit of football. And the sec- start of the second half looked encouraging. But then instead of, you know, pushing on and building on that momentum, we sort of, went into our shell again and Southampton capitalised. Yep, and then um, uh, Kieran Tierney mm. gave away penalty the, for the you? penalty there in the 71st. No. No. Really? No, that's, that was, no, I don't think so. I think that was super, It was soft, super soft, but he does pull um, him back. And I know he's probably not getting to I the ball, I think... but it's a foul in the box, in my opinion. I guess so, but I don't know, man. I don't like this, man. I, I just think football's a contact mm. sport. You know, I, they were both pushing each other, and then 
Uh, Tierney's the one that gets punished. Let me watch it back. Not for me. I don't think it was a penalty. Just, yeah. And then also, I don't know if there was as much emphasis on this um, with the stream Mm. that you were watching, but with NBC, which is kind of like our main thing here for Mm. for Premier League, um, to me, personally, it looked like the, forgive me, I don't remember who it was that played played whoever won the penalty in, but it looked like um, his foot was offside. Uh. So yeah. I just, sorry, getting you. So I just, for me, I just, I just don't think it was a penalty to be honest with you. But at the end of the day, Tierney should not even Tierney shouldn't be touched. I agree, really but I, that was. A I think he was left judgment. with not. I mean, it's a bit lazy, and if Mustafi had done it, would probably be criticizing him for stupidity. But let me just watch it back because I want to. I want to see. Sure. I think you've raised a decent point. Where is it? Uh, last night. Here we go. With that being said, I do have a biased eye. You know, That's obviously true. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I don't want it to be a penalty. Yeah, my my criticism of that, Socrates, what is he doing? He's just allowing... Oh, yeah. Is it Obafemi to cross the ball? Um, or to play the ball in? It's Obafemi. Yep, exactly. Right. And it's just... Yep. It was terrorizing yeah, I mean, us, by he, the way. Yeah, quite a good game. And we'll get onto that in the player ranks, but terrible. I don't know where che- Bellerin is. He hasn't come off at that point. Bellerin's nowhere to be seen. Socrates is not closing down. He just lets him come inside and try that play that pass. And I feel like Tierney sort of had to do something. And it, it was probably a bit sloppy, particularly with VAR in place. If the ref hadn't seen it, he probably would have given a pen. But I think it's a penalty. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree to disagree. I, th- I think that nobody can contest the fact, though, that it was a bit soft, but I mean, at the end of the day, we knew that that was going to happen. Soft penalties are basically a direct um, symptom, I guess you can call it, of VAR. Exactly. And he he blew the whistle right when he saw it. But basically, the guys in VAR prop the VAR room basically told him, "Yeah, there's contact." Exactly. And so the ref was like, "All right, then yeah. penalty." So um, that's that's what's going to happen. Um, Ward Prowse was sit at, at Leno actually saved the yeah. penalty. And then immediately, though, does does really well and Follows um, it up. converts the rebound. Just, wait, let um, me watch the penalty, see I, if I can criticize anyone sure. again. Uh, yeah, I'm just I, it's a clear pullback from Tierney. He goes over quite easily, but yeah. But this is VAR. Yeah, you can't really criticize anyone for, for not following it up. I mean, it was pretty simple. Yeah. For War Prowse. It's, it's funny, too, because... Shout out to, to social mm. media in general. I posted a tweet and I said, um, fair play to Leno for saving the penalty. It's unfortunate that his defenders were all just watching and all having a wink <laughs> from outside the box. Um, I do think that was mm. incredibly harsh looking back at it now. It went literally right back to Ward-Prowse. There was absolutely no yeah. way in hell. Unless they had encroached, any Arsenal defender which could have we saw a penalty this weekend, hadn't retaken Vardy's penalty. For people encroaching, so yeah. Remember when yeah, that happened to us in the, that. Uh, in the North London Derby? That never, never uh, would be called off exactly. against Spurs, though. You the know, AARFC. The, the Golden Boys. Or, mm. or Liverpool. Spurs and Liverpool. Yeah, ARFC, even Leicester so. this season, to be fair. Yeah, but then... Um, yeah, because they want them to do well because they've got the English call. <laughs> you know, they like they want them to and seriously, that's what I'm telling you. That's yep. what it's down to. Stockley Park. We need to get more English players. So. Brexit is. Yep. Pretty much. So I mean we maybe we should get some more English players that would 
do us a world of good. We probably get like twice the exactly. amount of penalties yeah. and stuff. It would, it would work out really well. Maybe get an English striker up there too. Bring back yeah. Ketia. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Be crushing it. Um, but then Lacazette equalizes 96 minute. Yeah. Um, very, very scrappy goal once again. Um, this is what I was talking about earlier, though. Absolutely zero celebration. Yeah. I, th- I was going to go. Thing is worth putting it out. None. Southampton are at about 11 That's what shots I was gonna... to seal it. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, true, true. But, yeah, mind. on the celebration, I think that's a really interesting point. Um, subdued, like, not just from the fans. The fans were probably more ecstatic than the players. The players looked sort of dejected that they'd scored. Does that, does that <laughs> like, almost as if that is, like, the saving grace for Emery for another week, you know? And that's what I was going to say. It I've did sort honest. of feel like the players had given up on the manager in this game. It felt like that they were sort of not playing for him anymore. And whenever that happens, you know it's time to go. And I was going to say, on the Southampton chances, it felt to me like there was a bit of a lack of urgency when they were going through on goal. Like a lack of desire to, to stop them from scoring. Barring, I think Tierney made a brilliant block. Um, and that was good. And obviously, Willock made a block off the line. But other than those two, it felt like we were sort of, I don't want to say letting them get through, but it felt like there was a lack of desire to sort of stop from them from scoring a third. And then obviously, the, when we got the equaliser, people were like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I don't I don't know how, how you felt, but honestly, it was probably the most kind of, I, I like that word you use, subdued. Um, yeah, reaction that I ever had to a stoppage time equalizer. Yeah, I was. It was not, almost. I like, was like, oh yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, we scored. Cool. I was happy to see Lacazette pick up his fourth of the season. You know, he's been mm. coming under a lot of criticism, rightfully so. He's looked really rusty since coming back from that injury. I think the international break did him a world of good. It looked like he was sharp in this game. Um, yeah. But oh, yeah, it was. It was weird, man. I. I'm usually the extremely passionate one who, you know, is celebrating like fucking mad and it's me slides and that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's crusty eye times in the morning here <laughs> in the U S when I watch, when I watch the arsenal. So it's people fucking hate me for it. Um, <laughs> but usually, yeah, I'm, I'm really enthusiastic and stuff with the, cel- with the celebrations, but uh, this one, man, I don't know. It almost kind of felt like I, uh, I don't want to say I didn't want us to score because I want us to score because I always want us to do as best as we possibly could. Mm. But it was almost like, so the fuck what? You know, it's like mm. one point instead of zero. Another draw. Who cares? Exactly. You know, I, I don't know. I, I almost felt apathetic to it. And I, I always kind of ridicule people for having that kind of mentality and being Same. like, you should always want the team to win. But it was, I almost kind of, felt where they were coming from and now i will say i've seen a lot of people on twitter like say we're we're playing uh norwich next people are putting like norwich the badge as their profile picture that is fucking that's disgusting ridiculous. that I is mean, not on now Toxic. imagine wanting Absolutely your team disgusting. to lose like i i can't take it to that extent but it was i will say and i will admit, it was apathy more than like oh that means it's not going it was like I, uh, it yeah. doesn't feel like that means anything if you get what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, it, it almost just does seem nothing more than like mm. just another week for Unai Emery. Exactly. If anything. it had been a winner, I definitely I would have had a different reaction. 
Well, exactly. Yeah, you look at the Aston Villa game when we won three two. Exactly. I was fucking going berserk. That was sort of um, before I really gone against Emery. Sure. But, but yeah, I yeah, agree. True, I think too. a winner would have been def- different. Yeah. So, but then, yeah, Lacazette. That was that was what I was going to mention earlier. Um, very subdued kind of celebration mm. and just kind of like bent over and just like stretched. It looked like you know just like touching his toes. I, mm. I don't know what the hell that was, but maybe he was just saying, "See, you know." Martinelli looked quite happy. That was nice. He looks a bit joyous. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, joyous. Just... Oh yeah, dude, that's a good word too. Oh thanks. J o y o u s. Yeah, lovely stuff. <laughs> yeah, brilliant vocabulary here on the Arsenal Cannon <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, Martinelli did look happy. All, all the youngsters are always going to look happy. I think they're just, you know, they're just happy. I, I'm sure Martinelli, to be fair, probably yeah. similarly registered to the an assist. Yeah, yeah, he probably quite like. They probably kind of like Emery. To be honest, because nah. you've got to say, don't you don't know. think so? Well, it, it feels like everyone, it feels to me, this game really felt like the players weren't playing for him, and that included young players. I know Gwendozi was always going to be passionate and pl- playing with, you know, desire, but I don't know. It feels like, it feels like that's it. It feels like the players don't believe in him at all anymore, and that, you know, they're fed up. Do. They're fed up. Do you think that it possibly comes into their mind at all that Mauricio Pochettino, who, I mean, hands down is a superior manager to Mm. Unai Emery, do you think it plays into any of the players' minds that, well, they're not doing that much worse than us and their manager got sacked and they brought in, you know, say say what you like about Mourinho, but he's a serial winner. Does that play mm. into their mind? I mean, I I think so. I, I actually, I think that's a good point. I think that will probably have had an impact, not just on the players, but maybe on the board as well. You know, they're yes, showing so. a bit of ambition. They're showing, even though he got to the Champions League final last year, even though that he's, you know, rebuilt the, 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 the club in a way, you know, he's built a stadium, he's brought them into the top four for like four consecutive seasons. They've got rid of him after, you know, a run of poor games. I don't necessarily disagree with that, getting rid of him. I'm just saying it was ruthless from Spurs. And yeah. maybe the board and the players, but also mainly the board, are thinking, you know, they're showing ambition in that sense. Maybe we have to respond to that, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I actually fully agree with that. I mean, and especially, mm. you know, I I didn't want Mourinho at Arsenal, and neither did you. Um mm. When we did that eight manager shortlist, he didn't even wasn't mention. even there. No way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and and I agree with that. Every all of the managers that you mentioned, I would rather have um besides him because I I don't fucking like Mourinho. To be honest, I think he's a bit mm. of a cunt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that would definitely play into the board's mind as well because Arsenal has I definitely worth noting a way larger international have. reach. Sorry. Yeah. Every that, time. Then that I think that I think that's just my good old uh, American dialect for you. Sure, um, sure. Redneckting. Yes. I mean, but it's no doubt Arsenal's kind of reach to the international fan base is substantially larger than Spurs. So surely the board is under copious, I love that word, copious <laughs> pressure at the moment and just, you know, it's they're going to turn into diamonds if they don't work something out because this is fucking just madness. You know? Exactly. And I, I think that this, well, no, actually we'll get into that after player ratings, I'd say. 
I was going to say something about, you know, the story around the, the mirror and stuff, but yeah. Oh, we're going to get into Yeah, don't worry. That is definitely, that's going to be our segue after the player ratings, I yeah. was thinking. And there was some breaking news just right before Alfie and I mm. started recording. Um, which we'll from get the into. Times, which we will mm. also get into. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure yeah. to keep listening to this podcast. Um, and if you don't, you're a If you don't, yeah, fuck off. Honestly, who I don't care. Mm. Um, let's get into the player ratings, man. Um, I'll, I'll start off, I guess. We'll, we'll go just with the starting lineup like usual. And then mm, that's generally how it to, works. So the substitutes, yeah. Just keep it basic, man. Back to basics. Mm. Um, Bird Leno in goal. I don't think he really did too poorly. I don't think he really did anything wrong. Did well, saving the penalty from Ward Prowse. Mm. Um, obviously put it right back and right back to him, but you cannot hold that against him. Um, he is probably, frankly, proud of himself that he even went the right way and actually saved it initially. Um, mm. I personally would probably give – again, though, I don't think his distribution was great. Yeah, um, I was going to mention that. And I've seen quite a lot of talk about that on Twitter. And I think but I with, think we, we – yeah, go ahead. I, w- I was just going to say I don't really know if that's entirely down to him. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we don't know whether that's – you know, a result of poor instructions or not. But I do think he has to take some responsibility and I do think we sort of have to start seriously questioning his decision-making when he is distributing the ball, you know. It's been very poor. It's not even just the manner of his actual ability to, you know, kick a ball and and find a player. It's the decision-making, you know. He's consistently putting his players under unnecessary pressure. I actually had a theory Uh, of this. This probably sounds like bullshit, but maybe he's like, you man are not protecting me. You know, you're letting me face, you know, 20 shots a game is ridiculous. I'm going to put you under pressure because you're not helping me out. So, I mean, that sounds like a bit of a dumb theory, but maybe there is a bit uh, of, and it did, I, I have sensed a bit of frustration from Leno as of late at the, you know, the lack of protection in front of his goal, if you know what I'm saying. Because, you know, he's, oh, set, yeah. he's, he's faced more shots than any other keeper in the league this season. So, yeah, worth pointing well, out that. I mean... I'm sure, and I'm sure you've you've met goalkeepers before. We all have, all of us that have played mm. football, even at the lowest of levels. <laughs> They're generally pretty miserable individuals, anyway. But especially when things aren't going right, really? because they're. Oh yeah, I think. Well, I mean, usually they're fucking loud as hell. <laughs> but with that being said, when I was on, um, now, I can't speak on behalf of every goalkeeper, but when I was on. Um, my my comp team is what we call them here, but which is basically like an academy. Um, I was a, I was a center back, and frankly, our defense, which I was partially um, responsible for, <laughs> um, was pretty shit. And <laughs> our goalkeeper, for that reason, who actually I was good mates with, mm. absolutely was always fucking pissed off. He was like, "You fucking, I fucking can't stand you guys so much," you know, and. Um, <laughs> I just think I think Leno's probably in that kind of mind frame at the moment. I think that's a good shout. But there was one instance in particular that um, you kind of made me – you kind of refreshed my memory with it um, mm. where he passed it to Socrates. And Socrates was literally being pressed like – Yeah, I remember that. First very off. Very hard. And then Socrates, like a dumbass, <laughs> which, he, which kind of was like a common theme of the game, yeah. thought he was like fucking Zidane. Or something, and tried to like play his way out of it through like dribbling and crap. And it's like he ended oh, up God, just launching it. Show. Yeah, which he should have probably just done from exactly. the get go. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was a horrible pass from Leno. Just kill it. 
and then just go yell at Leno and just go, I don't know, beat the crap out of him. But like on the pitch, you look at uppercut yeah, to the jaw. Who cares? He's Greek, man. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. Um, but um, but I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not rating Leno. I gave him a six. I personally. agree. Um, but yeah, and I, I also do have to agree. I think you also brought up a good point with some of his decision making because you look at, for example, Emiliano Martinez when he's come into the to the lineup like for our cup mm. games and he things varies like that. his distribution yeah he's like all right fuck this there's like five people pressing us i'm not passing it out of the back mm. i'm gonna launch it you know and i mean leno was supposedly the far superior goalkeeper which i do think he is to be honest mm. but his decision making definitely has to be questioned so yeah for me um six i don't think he was he was great but to be honest with you i don't think we had many players that were great um mm. Chambers, Hector Bellerin, oh, oh. Chambers. Yeah, that's that's. See, we've we've had this problem before, Daniel. We do always you, do. This. You you like to go, you know, full back like five. I like first. to do three four three. If you get what I'm saying. Okay. Here, I'll tell you what, man. I, I will tell you what. I think mm. the drama and a bit of the um, how us Americans call. I don't know if you've ever heard this terminology. The tea, um, the tea is going to be spilled, which means the drama is going to commence when we get to the fullbacks. So I'll tell you what, we'll leave our, you know, insane amount of fans on the edge of their seat and we'll go to the center backs first. Ah, uh, yes. Love that. Okay. Yep. There we go. So Chambers, what'd you, what'd you make a Chambers performance? Uh, I think, it, as you said, it was unfortunate to be taken off at halftime. Um, having said that, I think he was sloppy with that first goal that we gave away in, the, in giving away the foul. He didn't, was a bit needless. And also he didn't react quickly enough to allow Ings to go through and goal. Um, on the ball, I don't think he had his best game. That is being an area where he substantially improved this season. But on the ball, I think quite flat in his passing and quite, you know, underwhelming on the ball. So uh, I give him a five, I think. I actually agree with that. I give him a five as well. Mm. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I just, I, and this is sad. This is fucking depressing, frankly. <laughs> He is my highest rated center back, and I'm sure you're probably the same, right? Yeah, of course. So, five. Mm. That is a failing grade. Um, five out of ten. It is. Is our highest rated defender, or highest rated center back, rather, on the night. Um, on the night. I will. Oh, hey, man. Come on now. I'm running low on water, dude. Um, <laughs> but uh, David Louise, I'll move on to. Um, I love the love the. Love to ridicule some of these players sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. I, I wish they had top class performances, but they just apparently don't fucking do that. Um, I gave David Luiz a three. I thought he was absolutely shocking. Um, I completely the, agree. The first goal, looking the complete fucking opposite direction. What the hell are you doing, man? Come on. I don't give a crap if he has a big name and if Unai Emery has this strange heart on for him like he has for... <laughs> Kalashinach and Granite Jaka. Well, not not really. Again, Jaka so I think that's anymore. his that's his pragmatism. You know, Pretty he's, much, he's yeah. going with the experience. And I don't give a crap. Mm. You know, it's like David Luiz. I don't care if he has experience. It, he's not bringing anything to the table. He was supposed to come in and be our best ball playing center back. Where is it? Where mm. is his passing ability? Because I'm not. There was one instance where he did a. A, a kind of one of his trademark David Luiz looping balls over to try to find Aubameyang and nearly came off, but just not quite, just a little too far. But mm. I think that was again, that was the thing that did just prevent him from getting a two for me. 
was some of his some of his expansive passes, as you said, that one almost came off, and the one which led to our equaliser in um, injury time were quite effective. But on the whole, I don't think he was great on the ball. But that was just sort of his saving grace from getting two. Yeah, and uh, exactly, and he's you know we've known that he's good at hitting those long balls over and stuff like that. But with that being said, Alfie he's a centre back. Mm. His job is to defend. You know, we're we're going to get into the wing backs. Um, wing backs and here shortly and their jobs obviously is to especially when they're in this system is to attack and defend mm. you know but David Louise is a center back his job is to defend um, so yeah for me I, I give him a 3 out of 10 I thought he was absolutely shocking for me drop him I, I don't I don't want to see him anywhere near the fucking lineup agree. for a while I just I don't see why he's even in the squad I at thought the moment. positionally um, he was dire he was so lackadaisical at times. You know, he was so reluctant to close people down. He just stood off uh, Oberfemi countless, on countless occasions. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's just... He's supposed to be a leader, but he plays, you know, passively. He's, he's, he's so reluctant to, to be aggressive. You know, that's something maybe he, he differs to uh, Socrates in, who's possibly too aggressive. There isn't the right balance in that partnership, and I think both of them were taught terrible, and that sort of leads us on to uh, Socrates, I guess. Yes, it does. What'd you make of his performance? I thought he was awful, utterly abysmal. I mean, I actually thought he was wasn't as poor as Louise defensively, which I know was a bit of an unpopular opinion, but I thought he was slightly better defensively. But on the ball, he had an absolute nightmare. You know, he's totally incompetent on, in possession. Um, if, if I mean, I don't know if you probably do remember the, the moment where he was just sort of running across his own box and just presented the ball to, was it Cedric? I mean, that would be quite far up the pitch yeah. for Cedric. Yeah, to well, be. No, yeah, it was. It, it was, was Cedric. Yeah, the right back. Where the fuck was Cedric? Yes, it was. Yeah. Anyway, he could, for somehow... Because that's how, that's how shit we are. <laughs> Apparently. But somehow he, he couldn't play the, the, the fucking two-yard square ball to give whoever oh, it was that's happened, but... I mean, yeah, terrible, terrible Socrates performance. Also caught napping uh, with the with the, the first goal, and also, as I pointed out with the second goal, just doesn't close down Obafemi, which leaves Tierney uh, in a in a horrible position, and you know, sort of forced to make the foul. So yeah, terrible, terrible knees dropping as well. To be honest, the problem is personnel, you know. Who are we going to bring in at the moment? No yeah. one's playing well defensively. Maybe Chambers, no. but yeah, yeah. And I, I, what would you give him? Marks out of ten. Three as well. Three as well. Mm. Equally shit. I, I completely agree with that. I give mm. him a three as well. Um, it's almost like I don't. It's almost kind of like to me, Socrates is trying too hard to show Emery. See, I can play the ball out from the back. See, I can do it. See, mm. you know. So he's holding on to the ball for too long trying to dribble his way out like fucking Ronaldinho or something. And then he can't even complete a simple pass. So like you said, a two-yard pass given away to – now, don't quote – I'm pretty sure it was Cedric because I remember that being like, are you fucking kidding me? Cedric, the fucking <laughs> You know, but I, I could be wrong. Um, so don't, don't that wasn't even that. a part – he was dribbling in his own box and for some reason he turned into Cedric. <laughs> Let me watch God. it back. It's You're almost – and yeah, sure. And you have to think – I mean, how much scrutiny would Mustafi come under if he did something like that? Exactly. But, oh, but Socrates pumps his fist when he makes a tackle. It's like, oh, good God, get a grip, man. Get a grip. And 
Mustafi, I, I, while you're looking that up, I will say um, I read something on Twitter. I think it was James Benj that tweeted it. I may be wrong here. But Mustafi was supposedly warming up um, on the sidelines and actually was very warmly embraced by the Arsenal supporters. So that's, that's nice to hear, man, because Mustafi for the longest time was kind of the main scapegoat. Our, us Arsenal fans love to scapegoat a player. And for the longest mm. time, he was kind of the main main scapegoater so scapegoatee i guess you could say um goatee so i guess you could i guess you could uh yeah man i guess you could say that made me kind of happy it was one of the few things that i actually was was quite happy to hear that mustafa didn't see that warmly embraced and i was not at the game thankfully (laughs) (laughs) thank god yeah (laughs) yeah yeah uh so on. what'd you make of it? Could you find it? Could you find it? Yeah, I did. And it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, no, that, he's literally he receives the ball from Tierney. Although Tierney probably shouldn't play that pass, if he's a bit clever, he just slides it through because the two players, uh, Cedric and I think it's Oberfemi, close him down. If he's clever, he just slides the ball into Torero. He's got a lot of space and we've played through the press. It takes too long comes inside, for some reason he goes towards David Luiz, where Cedric is closing down, and literally tries to dribble into him, and then Cedric just nips in, and for some reason he can't play a three-yard square ball to Oberfemi, and we're let off, so technically Cedric saved saved Unai's job, probably not, but you know, he he saved us from losing. Yeah, I remember there was a, (laughs) we had a nice, a good old Scottish commentator, uh, who was the assistant commentator here on NBC and oh, he just started Andre, uh, Andy Gray I think so yeah, yeah I think it was I think it was Andy he is, Gray. He is notorious he, for many he things he absolutely roasted Cedric <laughs> <laughs> he was like how do you not get that <laughs> so funny man it was play. so funny yeah yeah I'm not was, gonna attempt the beautiful. Scottish accent but yeah it, it's beautiful oh Tierney's is pretty fucking insane which is a nice segue um Practically, I don't know how you are. Maybe you can understand it better than me. I'm a few more miles away from Scotland than you are. Mm, um, quite this is fucking insane, dude. I, I, like some, they he literally has subtitles when he's on videos for Arsenal. Really? Yeah, here I at can least. understand him. Oh, I have an extremely hard time because he like he almost kind of like mumbles too. So I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> but anyway, uh, with that being said, this was the What's one that we kind of man? disagreed on. Have you seen that video? He's called a roadman. Then he goes, what's an old man? What's an old man? <laughs> that was a good impression. What do you, what you want about, man? What's an old man? Yeah. What's <laughs> an old man? Yeah, like, he makes it one word. It's beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful Scottish accent. Gotta love the Scott. Shout out to Scotland. Um, <laughs> we have like just as much listens as they have like people in their country. Just kidding. One yeah, that's a bit far. Um, it's not that small. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we disagree on this one, Alfie. Tyranny. Yeah, I mean, um, should be going to Bellerin. Just saying, but yeah, yeah but we'll, go, so, we'll go left side resist. first. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist the Scottish segue. That was fair just play. Too pure. Fair play. I'll rate that transition I mean, in that. Uh, how yeah. frequently are we going to mention Scotland in the podcast? Not too much. So yeah, but yeah. what'd you make of Tyranny's performance? Um, yeah, I thought he was one of our better players. I know you disagree. I know he gave the penalty away, and that was a bit clumsy, but. I do feel he's arguably left with little choice. 
Um, most of our attacking, effective attacking play came came through him. If you think about both our goal, well, not both our goals, our first goal, um, he's getting into that area, brilliant cross, um, and then obviously the chance he created for for Pepe, brilliant dinked ball into the back post. Pepe obviously connected with it well, and yeah, I thought defensively, I, I you said he you felt he got caught out. I thought he was pretty good. I think he dealt with Obafemi when he had to most of the time, and I thought. I thought he was good, Tini. I don't think he was brilliant. I don't think anyone was brilliant, but I gave him a solid six, which you're going oh. to now completely disagree with. <laughs> I actually gave him a six, though. Oh, really? You said he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, six for me, dude. Six for me is low. Six is you know, standard. Like, That's a standard performance. That's like, standard, you weren't great, standard. but you weren't bad, you know? See, like, I view that as just like a passing grade, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say because I don't think he was good, but you said I thought you were saying he was terrible. I thought he was like oh, he was all right. I thought well, may, maybe I did accidentally say that, and I, and I maybe I misspoke. I thought they were both pretty underwhelming, is what I more Fair. so meant. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him as underwhelming. Fair enough. Personally. Yeah, but yeah, so we and, do have a slight um, disagreement, but the same slight rating. disagreement there. Yeah, but no, no, no boxing match needed. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I would like, but, um, like to do that. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get a schedule. We got to get a lot more listeners first, though. Exactly. You know? And you're massively the bigger person, so I think I'd struggle. But that's all right, man. We'll get you some like, I'll I'll go stilts. on stilts. Or I'll go oh, on some no, stilts. Oh, that'd be better. Yeah. Stilts. Yeah. There we go. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Logan. Call, Logan Call. Logan Paul and KSI, man. Yeah. Didn't that watch boxing that. Match but yeah. Shit, no, not me either. <laughs> it um, was at like four a.m. here, so. Oh, there we go. Oh, you, you didn't stay up all night to watch it? What's wrong with you? Um, what about Tyranny's performance? I don't know what the fuck I'm on about. Um, about Tyranny's performance, um, I think that he definitely did do really well on the attacking um, attacking front. And he was, I would say, one of our best um, going forward, actually, out of the entire team. He pretty much had something to do with every attack that we had. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, pretty much where his six comes from. Heavily involved in... Um, and the Lacazette goal crosses it to Aubameyang. Aubameyang's obviously scuffed shot there, kind of lands to oh, Aubameyang. So, yeah, Aubameyang. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I thought Tierney played really well going forward, but um, defensively, I don't know, man. He just made quite a few mistakes, gave away the penalty, I, which I, don't I think said he made quite a few mistakes. Penalty. You don't think so? No, I thought he dealt just, relatively well. Maybe, maybe it was just him being next to the likes of Socrates and Louise yeah, that fair enough. <laughs> didn't fill me with too much because he was the only one back there. I think if you look, he made that brilliant block, which definitely would have given them a third goal. Um, and yeah, I thought he dealt with Obafemi pretty well on the occasions. He yeah. Asked. I just, but especially, you know, Obafemi. Yeah. He did pretty well to, to deal with them, but just Obafemi's pace, I think was really giving him a, a bit of a hard time. I mean, Obafemi mm. obviously didn't score anything in the in the match, um, but he was he was kind of running, running wild, you know, kind of running. I think he gave Socrates and Louise a hard time, but I felt Tierney dealt with them most of the time. Fair, you know, but I just uh, for me, I think Tierney is kind of like a victim of his own success, really, because to me at least, because every game he's really had for us has been pretty solid for the most part. Mm. And he's just, he's looked absolutely brilliant since we've signed him. It was just this game. I don't know. There's something out about Montreal. it. Consistency in that. Everybody hurts. I missed Montreal, what? man. He was, ah, fair enough. <laughs> I was going to say, what, my... where's that coming from? 
<laughs> he was one of my favorite players of the Emirates era, man. I loved him, dude. I okay. love the consistent players. Um, mm. but yeah, I, I don't think he was terrible, Tierney, but I just – I was a bit underwhelmed, I guess. I'm, I'm just – I'm used to – I'm used to him pulling out, like, these world-class – I don't know. I, I would say Robertson performances, but I, I think they're a bit different players. Um, mm. I think he's a bit defensively better than Robertson. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Robertson's very good defensively. I, th- I think Robertson's a bit. I think Robertson's better, far better than him at attacking. I think I think Tierney might just edge him out defensively. I don't know what it is. I, maybe it's. I just mean, yeah, that Robertson's makes always sense if you attacking. Look at the way they're sort of accommodated into Scotland's team when they're both playing. Tierney's often playing at centre back or a left side of a of a, of a back three, whereas Robertson's the wing back. If you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, and don't get me wrong. I I don't know if you disagree with this. I personally think Robertson's probably the best left back in the world at the moment. But yeah, that's hard to disagree just, with. He's just fantastic. Pure output but, is exceptional going forward. Oh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, he got, what, 12 assists last season or something ridiculous? Yeah. I mean, that is phenomenal. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I just give Tierney a six, I think. Mm. We should probably nice, speed this up a bit. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's just run through the rest of these really quickly because I, I think we're probably going to be in agreement for the majority of these. Mm, Bellerin. Um, Be- Bellerin, yeah. What'd you make of him? Rusty. Looked very rusty. Yeah. Failed to provide that constant outlet that he normally provides on that right hand side. And I do think he struggled to deal with Redmond, who had quite a good game. So, yeah, four. Oh, yeah. Four for me. Oh, uh, yep. Spot on. I completely agree. Gave him a four as well. Very rusty. Um, mm. Don't even really have to add anything else to what you just said because I think you hit the nail on the head, Sir Alfie. Oh, thanks. Um, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> Gwenduzi. I thought Gwenduzi was. He looked like he was trying, like he usually mm. is. Um, but I don't know. He just I thought he was seemed poor. a bit. I thought, yeah, I think he was really sloppy. Mm. You know, it almost seems like at times he's trying too hard. Yeah. Did you to see that tweet? Happen. Who was it? Um, was it James Bench? It might have been James Bench. He said, um, "Yes, it was James Bench. I know exactly what you're exactly. talking about." Exactly. He, yep. he was trying too hard. I think he said to play hero ball. If you get what I'm saying, uh, like Gerard. Yeah, kind of like yeah, Gerard. yeah. Um, and that just resulted in him constantly giving the ball away and derailing our abilities of field attacks. You know, he should have just kept us ticking. I think he said that. Um, and again, typically absent defensively. I think how how I don't want to say bad, but how absent he is defensively is is sort of understated. He he isn't involved enough defensively. I read that Statsbomb article a while ago. And it does point out he struggles to deal with players um, attacking him. And, you know, our midfield, again, I, I want to point out, put Guendouzi and Torreira sort of together in this. Our midfield looks so dysfunctional. It's so easy to play through. And I think oh, if you yes. look through the games, Torreira and Guendouzi have partnered with each other. They, they, they're they not a very good partnership. They lack balance. And, you know, on paper, that's the two we pro- sort of want to see play. But... They lack balance, they lack cohesion, and there's a problem there because they, you know, Shaq is on his way out. Torreira and Guendouzi aren't a good partnership, and it's never worked. And I think yesterday was another example of that. Well, I, I agree with you completely, and I think that just kind of basically accentuates the fact, or accentuates how much we need to probably sign a, another midfielder, mm. like a more intense kind of player in that position. And I think that's kind of an understated position. You know, we, mm. Shaka's probably going to be leaving. So we and I think we missed, we've missed, we've missed Shaka. 
dare I say it? I probably would have to agree with you there, man, just because the lack of intent, not, well, maybe not lack of intent. And it's also just, it's ball progression word, and, it's, and it's stability on the ball. You know, he does help us keep the ball. His pass completion rate's high. He doesn't try too much compared to Torreira and Guendouzi. Torreira yeah, he just, was poor on the ball yesterday as well. I agree. And it's just natural when Jaka plays. And, you know, I mean, because like, for example, you look at Ceballos, for example, as well, who's another one of our midfielders. I, Especially in the current system, I don't really see, I mean, if you put Ceballos next to Torreira, I would argue that we would be even more defensively exp- you know, so it's just. I think you. I, I don't know, man. We, we... And I, I do think I saw this on Twitter, and I have to agree. People seem to have forgotten that Shaka Torreira was by far our most effective pivot it's last season. By far, they complemented each other well, and we haven't seen that once this season because Gwendozi has been playing so, every uh, single game. I'll ask you this then. I know, obviously, every Arsenal fan loves Gwendozi. Mm. Do you think that? Emery's almost, I guess, per, what's what's the word I'd be looking for? Um, why can't I, I'm having a brain fart here. Basically, what he wants he wants to play Guendouzi every game. Do you think that's kind of hindering us in a way? I mean, it sounds mad because Guendouzi, other than maybe in recent performances when everyone's been bad, he has been one of our best players this season. Having said that. Torreira Shaka was a solid partnership last season. We had our best games when those two were partnering each other. If you think of Spurs at home, um, you know, Chelsea at home, it was Torreira Shaka partnership in midfield. And yeah, I mean, in a way, I have to agree with that. Yeah, I'll say yeah. I mean, and I, I, I don't want to say that because I love Gwen mm. He's one of my favorite players in the team at the moment. But yeah, and then obviously when we've seen. Emery tried to go with that four-three-three flat kind of thing, where it's Torreira, Guendouzi, nothing, nothing creatively, mm. nothing. You know, so I, yeah, man, that's that's interesting. I guess I never even really thought of it that way until you pointed mm. that out. Yeah, Xhaka and Torreira was definitely our best, our best midfield pivot. So out of, marks out of ten, just so we can. I gave them both fives because we are. Uh, yeah, I I get Torreira six. Mm. Um, I think I think he looked a bit more comfortable in that defensive. Yeah, he was. There was much less emphasis um, on him pressing high up the pitch and getting into offensive areas. Yeah, but but with Guendouzi, I definitely agree. A five. Neither of them, but you know, were amazing by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Um, what about Ozil? Um, I think it was a bit of a mixed display, as I said earlier. Uh, there were quite a few moments where he seemed to not be in the same wavelength as as a uh, wavelength as teammates. You know, he would go for the one two, and the player wouldn't be there and stuff like that. However, in patches, I do think he was the one that connected our midfield and attack, and was at the heart of you know our rare bits of good football. You know, some of the, the chances recreated, he was sort of the linchpin. Um, you know, connecting the the initial passes and you know playing in the wing backs, etc. Um, which is something we've missed with Al yeah. Awobi this season. So. Yeah, I, I gave him a six. I gave him a six as well. Mm. I think, and I, I agree In with tandem. what you're saying. I do not, yeah, mm. we're fucking killing it, <laughs> man. Um, um, I think one player in particular that he just could not, for some reason, get on the same wavelength was Kieran Tierney. Yeah, I think there was they one just... moment where Tierney played it into him and he went for the one-two and he, Tierney hadn't continued his run. Having said that, he they did create the goal down that left-hand side. So the true. opening goal. Yeah, true. 
I, I just remember like three or four instances where Tierney would go for the overlap. Ozo would look at him. Mm. Tierney's unmarked, and then he'd be like, eh. And then he'd go to the middle or something. But then, then, then obviously, like the one you mentioned. But with that being said, they did have – they did both have um, mega involvements in the goal. Mm. Um, moving up to – we'll do Aubameyang first. I think he was invisible at times. But I do th- – I, I put this in, in my piece. Um, two effective contributions that led to goal – goals uh, drag his rating up for me you know he had a lovely flick into the path of Ozil in the build up to our first goal if you can't remember that watch it back lads uh, and then followed by you know his his header into Martinelli which was quite an underrated touch very smart uh, knock on to Martinelli which ultimately led to our second goal those two um, contributions alone for me drag his rating up um, obviously he missed that good chance as well I think that was arguably down to a very good bit of goalkeeping from McCarthy. But yeah, I gave him a five. I actually gave him a six, to be honest. Um, I think that I think that um, his kind of anonymousness is undeniable in the game, but I don't think that's down to him. I've got to yeah, be honest, man. no service. I think that Unai Emery, Unai Emery has no idea how to use a world-class player. Yeah, and he... No fucking clue. He doesn't know how... You know, he's, he's as we said, he's a pragmatic manager. His teams don't create that many chances, and Abamian becomes anonymous when you don't give him service. Exactly, and I mean, we saw when Abamian kind of first showed up on the scene. The system that he thrives in is the one, you know, kind of like a, a Suarez at Barcelona, or you know, except obviously most strikers would thrive in those systems, but. The, the system is where he has a lot of opportunities because he does miss some sitters from time to time, like most strikers, you know. So when he's in those kind of systems that give him a ton of service, that's when you see the best of Aubameyang. And he is getting no service. I remember a couple podcasts ago, you were telling me some ridiculous stat mm. that he had something like three shots in three games or some, something like that. Three shots on target yeah, in three games, or, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, oh my gosh, that is... A damning stat, to say the mm. least. You um, only had one chance yesterday. Only one. I mean, this is a world-class striker we have on our hands. I mean, there's been paper talk about links with him moving to Barcelona, possibly. So that pretty much tells you all you need to know. Whether I hope that's just paper talk. I really do, because mm. Jesus Christ, if you take his goals out of our game, we are absolutely fucked. <laughs> Not that we aren't already. Um, and then, so I give a six job on the end. Last player. Um, I thought he was the man of the match, personally. Um, not just because of the goals. I thought his overall display was really promising as well. I think we are finally seeing the the Lacazette of old. Once again, he of was very rusty. Season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of, of last season, excuse me. And um, since he came back, he's looked really rusty from that injury. Uh, two goals in the game. And then also there was a few instances in particular, you know, where he's bombing back helping out our horrible defense, making slide challenges mm. and things like that. You know, I love to see it. I give him an eight, personally. I personally disagree. And I put this you in Instagram, and I know it's a bit of a popular, unpopular opinion. Scored two goals in a predatory manner. manner. You know, a lot of his goals are brilliant finishes. These we are getting into the right place at the right time, although he took them both well. Um, that was something I want to see more of. Personally, I think he struggled to impose himself on Southampton's physical back four. Um, I don't think it was a lack of desire. I think he worked very hard, as you said. But I think, I think some of his hold-up play was 
often quite poor. And I think he lost the ball quite a, a few times. Maybe you could say maybe he's trying a bit more, trying a few more risky things. But I don't think his hold-up play or link-up play was as good as it's has been ever. Um, and again, I do think, similarly to Aubameyang, it's, it's a bit of a lack of service and uh, you know a lack of coherent attacking football. But I, I don't think he was as good as some people making out. So, I yeah. could actually kind of see where you're coming from, but do you do you still think that he was the best player on the night? Uh, in our side, probably you have to say yeah. Would you give him out of ten? I gave him a six, which might be a bit oh, harsh, six. but wow. yeah. <laughs> I don't think oh, he was that great. Fair enough, man. Other than those goals, but yeah. yeah, I could see what you're saying. Like I said, does certainly kind of struggle with with the taller defenders, especially from mm. time to time, just because. It wasn't I mean, just that, the... though. It was his hold-up play, which was often poor. And he, he gave the ball away so many times. Yeah, ball was kind of the ball was kind of bouncing off him. I, mm. I will give you that. I, I will agree with that. But I just think, to me personally, I think it was overshadowed by the fact that he did score uh, two Yeah, I think maybe so... I'm a bit, bit harsh because he did score twice. But yeah. Oh, agree to disagree, man. <laughs> we're, we're allowed to have opinions despite um, what many people on social media think. People are allowed to disagree. Mm. Um, that's part of life and that's what makes a good podcast. Mm. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the player ratings, ladies and gentlemen. Then we're just going to get into a little bit of news. This is a bit of an unconventional start, um, <laughs> or an unconventional end rather. Well, actually, it's, before I do that, let's, it makes let's sense. Get into it the ties bench. into the, oh yeah, bench, bench, come on, bench. Uh, but yeah, my bad. Um, well, pretty much the reason I forgot about him is because I gave Pepe a six. I agree. Um, started brightly. Should have scored. Yeah, should have scored. Should have scored though. Not not necessarily the volley. I think that was quite a smart technique the way he digged it to the ground. But the the one where he went through and goal and tried to square it. Yeah, that that one especially. Yeah, but the, I, the one where he had the bar exactly. And those two them. chances felt like it sort of hit his confidence. Like after that, he he, he was not. He started really brightly, and after those two chances, his influence massively faded. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that completely. Mm. Um, and then personally for Willock and Martinelli, I don't think they mm. Martinelli had involvement with the second goal. Mm. I um, thought Willock, but I, Willock had a decent fourteen minutes. You think so? I think I, I just gave him a standard six. I mean, he obviously com- like completely saved us from going three down with that very very he took the oh, initiative with going into the line, and also some of his passing was pretty good, incisive. He was trying to, he, I think. I think in his 40 minutes, he was better than either Guendouzi or Torreira, personally. You know, that's actually a good point. I think I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna have to give him a seven. I and I for I some reason I completely well. forgot about the. Mm. I've completely forgot about the the clearance off the line mm. too. Um, and yeah, I definitely did add an element of energy. Yeah, exactly. To and the, to the team. understandable, you're forgetting that, considering how many that was just one of like 98 chances they had in the last 10 minutes. So. <laughs> Yeah, true, true. So it's just I lost mm. count, honestly. Um, and then Martinelli, I just gave a, a standard six. So I don't know how. Yeah, you didn't really get into the game, but did make that contribution at the end. So. Yep, and that's that was to be fair to him. That is what he was subbed on for. So that's what, that's what needs to be said. Mm. Um, now, anyway, moving on to the good stuff. Right before me and Alfie started recording, we have the pre-podcast calls mm. and a bit of news coming out from the Times. Yeah, but um, also. We've got to talk about the uh, the mirror piece from last night. 
Oh yeah, let's let's talk about that first, just because that did that. You're correct. That came first, so let's mm. let's get into that first. Well, reports from the mirror on the future of Unai Emery. Um, let me just get it up. Sorry, lads. This is terrible radio. Whatever. You get what Wherever I'm saying? The hell you're listening. Exactly. Actually, you can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, yep. iTunes, all the Plug in podcasting apps. I mean, so if they're listening to go. this, they've probably found where they can listen to us, to be fair. but <laughs> Well, tell your friends. Go tell your friends exactly. about it. Tell your friends. Um, tell, your, tell your mom. None of them you know, will. Whatever. But yeah. Uh, I mean, if you tell your friends about it, you might not. You might lose some friends. So yeah. <laughs> maybe it would be best to just kind of keep, it, keep us in-house, I guess. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the Mirror reported last night that um, Arsenal were having an emergency board meeting uh, this this morning, so Monday, sorry, Sunday morning. And in that board meeting, uh, so they would have reported it this morning, actually. Uh, several older board members are apparently losing faith in Emery, but Arsenal's determination to stick with Emery comes from San Lehi who regards Unai as his man and wants to give him every chance to succeed. Personally, it, it, I find it hard to believe that Sanlehi is the one. You know, he's he's not... Is he... He's not... Emery is not his man. He's Gazidis' man. No. I guess if you're looking yeah, at the hierarchy... Didn't appoint him. Exactly. If you're looking at the hierarchy, he's probably the man who's closest uh, or most involved in making that appointment. You know, obviously, Edu wasn't here... Um, it was mainly Sven, or mainly Gazidis. Um, he was the he was one of the only ones who was actually there when he made the appointment. It doesn't feel like he's his man, and I also think he's a very competent person. He's he's worked at clubs where they're ruthless before, you know, Barcelona. Um, and I feel like he'll be very aware of how underwhelming this is, and he'll probably be one of the ones pushing for the exit. Um, however, I do think uh, maybe the the voices of concern amongst the elder members of the uh the board is possibly believable but yeah interesting very interesting and i think very positive for most fans i think it's fair to say that the mm. positive vast but majority... a bit worrying in that they're, positive they're still worrying, backing yeah. him or some members in fact i want to read this you know this quality um extract from my piece today um <laughs> yes let's hear it uh the board don't want to listen to noise they listen to logic, listen to the stats. 12 points off Leicester wow. after 13 Premier League games. Nine off Chelsea. A 2-2 draw at home to the side sitting 19th in the league who have recently shipped nine goals in a single game and managed 21 efforts on goal at the Emirates. 45 shots conceded in the last two games. One win in our last eight games in all competitions. Four wins in 13 league games. Allowing this to continue for any longer would represent stupidity. It will risk further damaging all the eroding well-being of the club and further increase the toxic eroding, atmosphere between all parties, as well as inevitably seeing the deficit, the point deficit with the top four worsen. Supposedly, there will be a review of the West Ham game in a couple of weeks after that West Ham game. Why wait that long? What's the point when there is little, I... there, when there is so little tangible evidence that things will improve? Blame from this point onward must be pointed towards the board. Get active. Fucking brilliant, man! Completely agree with yeah, that. Quite well guessed. said. I love the I love the word eroding. Uh, eroding by the way, genius. Just the eroding, yeah. The aroma around that. the word eroding. 
it's just beautiful. Oh, whoa. Are you spitting bars to me right now? What's going <laughs> on, man? Jeez. Yeah, it just but, sounds yeah, nice. I, I agree with you, man. Yeah. That is a nice word. And I agree with what you said, man. Mm. Your, your statement, I completely What's the point? It's just going to get worse. Exactly. You, do you really realistically think Emery's going to show up to work tomorrow and be like, you know what? Holy shit. Mm. I've been overly pragmatic for but, but basically even my if he does, I, like, I, don't, I think it's beyond that, that just that he doesn't have the ability to just, even if he was to just fold on his pragmatic principles tomorrow, it's not like we'll then play against Norwich and be brilliant attacking going forward, you know? He doesn't have the ability well, yeah. to, mo- to to get this players to get the best out of these players anymore, and I feel like it's just going to get worse game to game. I agree, and you look at the reaction of Lacazette after he scored, who's naturally, or not not naturally, rather, um, <laughs> usually a very um, passionate, like passionate character. You know, he um, just he loves pumping his fist to the crowd, like screaming his fucking lungs out <laughs> at them and shit. He scores a ninety-sixth minute equalizer. And bends over and touches his toes. Mm. Doesn't even celebrate. That clearly indicates to me personally that he's almost like, mm. you know, he's almost like, well, for the team and for myself, I got to score here because he wasn't going to miss. You know, he's not that kind of character. I don't think we have any characters really like that at the club. Thank God. Mm. But um, yeah, it almost seemed like a chore to him putting that ball in the back of the net. It was like. <sighs> whatever fine fine i'll save your fucking job you know but yeah i, I agree with you man why wait what mm. what's gonna happen we're gonna lose to norwich i'm, I'm calling it right now we're gonna lose we're going to fucking lose sure you don't. there's nothing we can do about it i i bet i guarantee I, i'm not gonna guarantee because i don't believe in guarantees but i convert i am confident that we will lose that match and i i don't want to be saying that you know, it's fucking Norwich. They just got promoted. And I genuinely am going to the game feeling like we're going to lose. Come on, get him mm. out. Jeez. What's the point? What's the point of keeping him? We're playing Frankfurt on Thursday. They're bringing in <clears throat> a crazy amount of supporters, supposedly, who are probably going to take over the Emirates because, you know, mm. whatever. That's what they do. They've got a passionate set of, set of fans. We, I feel like we'll probably lose that match too, man. Mm. It's like... Oh, I'm just, I'm fed up, Alfie. I'm fucking fed up. And I'm frankly, I'm getting pissed off at Raul because he's mm. either. I mean, it's, it's down because, to the board now. It is down it to is. the board. I mean, look at it this way. You can't get mad at a rabid dog if he keeps fucking biting people exactly. and you're not putting it down. You know, just do what needs to fucking be done. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going on like a rant, but Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, how can everyone see it but Raul? And that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't believe the mirror story. Like, I feel like they... No, but I, I, I think don't everyone's, I don't, everyone, I don't believe it, yeah. Everyone in the world can see that it's not working and that he should go for it. Obviously, not everyone in the world should see that it should happen now. It just feels like the board... And that's what I was going to move on to. The the breaking news uh, just before we started was a report from the Times that said um, Unai Emery's in borrowed time at Arsenal. Uh, Raul Sanlehi and Edu stormed into the dressing room again yesterday. Again. Didn't know it happened before, but apparently. Um, and apparently... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's news to me. Yeah. Uh, apparently he's got... Until the West Ham game, so the Frankfurt, Norwich, Brighton, and West Ham game are his final chances to turn it around. As we were just saying there, I just don't understand why you don't just end it now. 
How, okay, and how many games did you just name? Four. Say that again. Four. Four. Really? Mm. Why? It's uh, just I don't I don't get it. So, are you telling me if he wins these four games, he's safe? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I obviously you don't know, but it's like seriously, man. I mm. just I'm fed up. I'm, I'm fucking fed up with it, man. He just he needs to go now because now it's just honestly kind of mean. To Emery, <laughs> because it's just like, eh, we're just going to let you get abused like fucking crazy. The mm, but the Emery abuse is going to go time. onto the board. It's going to go onto the board. Uh, surely, yeah, that, that, without a doubt. Well, I mean, John Raul was was kind of what he was known known as. Like when he first came in, we were really excited with him. You know, it looked like our board was going into a new direction, but now it's starting to look like dumb Raul, you know, and maybe a bit of delusional Raul or – Honestly, maybe even a bit of a pussy, Raul. Mm. Are you really that scared to sack him? Come on. Come on. Get a grip, dude. The fans are the lifeblood of any club, and the fans are not happy with Unai Emery. So why the hell would you keep them? Exactly. Exactly. I just... And then um, uh, the other part of that breaking news from Times was that Arteta was being lined up. Um, Mm. Well, have you seen I, I, that there's been a lot of reports today that the three main ones in the frame are Arteta, Allegri, and Poch? Yeah, I think that's all. I would take all three of them. All three of them. Mm. What order? What order would you go for? I'm, I'm interested to hear this. Arteta, Poch, Allegri. I just want Arteta. Yeah, so he exciting. has nice hair. Poch would be so funny. It'd oh, be yeah, hilarious. Their most, I... know, their most coveted manager since <laughs> 1960s, just turning up at Arsenal a few weeks oh, after being sacked. I will say, I, I will admit, I think that <clears throat> out of those three, I think Pochettino's probably actually the best manager, and I think it'd be a good yeah. Fit I mean, it's impossible to club. tell with with Arteta at the moment, but yeah, of course, yeah, definitely. I'd be excited by the Arteta appointment. Um, I think he would definitely provide free flowing attacking football. But he is my second to Pochettino. I don't think that's gonna, it's not going to happen, though, is it? I just, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. He said at press conferences when he managed at Espanyol that he would never manage Barcelona. Mm. And he said at press conferences for Tottenham that he would never manage a rival club. Mm. And I just know he's, he's not that kind of individual, is he? You know, he's, mm. he left Spurs and all the fans still love him. You know, obviously that would definitely change if he came to Arsenal. Yeah. But, He's a, naturally just a really nice guy, and I don't think he's the kind of individual to step on toes. Allegri, though, that one's also interesting for me just because serial winner, you mm. know. So I wouldn't be opposed to, to any three of them. But And if you want more of our thoughts on them, well, not on Pochettino, go and listen to our Eight Candidates to Replace Unai Emery podcast from a few weeks yes. ago. Yes. Yep. And we go into deep, pretty deep analysis um, mm. about all of those. Well, not Pochettino, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Allegri and Arteta, and then six others. So yeah, mm. definitely look look into that. That was, that was a good podcast. I liked that one. That was it a was it was captivating sexy. title too. So mm. don't worry, I got a nice title lined up for this one. My my last title, man. I was I was underwhelmed. That was that was terrible. I had to fix you, uh, fix you, fix pattern you up. Pat- no, no, not you. Uh, just uh, it doesn't matter. Give up. <laughs> Might as well give, give up. up there, yeah. Let's give up sure. on this podcast too, man. We've been going for a while. Yeah. It's been a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. We've been running this bad boy for how long? Let me see. 83 minutes. 83 minutes, about an hour and 23. Damn, bro. Mm. 
that's a long one. So thank you guys if you did uh, tag along with us. It was really not a fun one. You got to hear both mm. of us kind of rant about the current shambolic state of Arsenal Football Club, which is going to unfortunately be a bit of a consistent until Unai Emery is sacked. Mm. So we'll we'll see how long that goes for and we'll see how long the Arsenal Cannon podcast remains the negative Cannon podcast. Now, just to draw this bad boy to a close, Alfie, marketing opportunity of a lifetime once again. Yes. said that really weirdly. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, well, as I've done the last few weeks, just go on to weloveyourarsenal.co.uk. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Baby. That's, that's literally it. Uh, also, that's, yeah. uh, don't for any reason... Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for, no, for tuning in. I also wrote a couple articles going, for weloveyourarsenal.co.uk. Be sure to check them out as well. What you're doing. See you all later. Uh, Catch you on the flippity yeah, flip. What, what, 